ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Welcome into the latest installment of the Golf Channel podcast. I'm your host, Will Gray. Please be joined by GolfChannel.com senior writers Rex Hoggard and Ryan Lavner. Boys, yep, yep. we are putting a bow on 2017 by looking ahead to 2018. And uh, we're devoting an entire episode here to the man, the myth, the needle, Tiger Woods. And for good reason. It's understandable. You look at our metrics, you look at ratings, whether he's shooting a... 68 or a 78 or not playing for 10 months makes a difference if he's there or not. Stop I, I, stop, stop tweeting at me saying that you don't care about Tiger, that we need to move on to Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson. We'll, 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 have, we'll have a podcast for those guys. We will. But if you look at any metric, by any measure, this guy is the biggest needle mover in the sports. He is still the needle, and I think the Hero World Challenge proved that. Well, the fact we're have, sitting here having this conversation, and I don't deny that, that, look, he is still the engine that moves the wheel that is the PGA Tour, but we have no idea when he's going to play again. I mean, we can sit that here and true. we can assume and we can guess and we can probably it's make It's not going to be in 2017. It is not, and it's not going to be Hawaii, would be my guess, and Torrey Pine seems like the likely option. but Which it, I wish he wouldn't. Uh, it, there's probably can, a lot of good reasons. No, that, that. that seems like a good kicking off point. Yeah. Uh, let's move it doesn't, ahead. though. I mean, you, we can look back the at the heat. Not the course. No, that, the topic is it. Yes. We can look at the hero, and there's a lot of good signs out of it. The fact he was upright for 72 holes is the part mm-hmm. I took out of it, regardless of what he shot. But moving forward, yes, there are some things he could do with his schedule. I don't expect him to do those things with his schedule. What I think is really interesting is if we'd had this discussion six months ago, we would have said that Tiger's got to overhaul his entire game. He's got to be a Jim Furyk-type plotter he's going to have to start playing colonial and harbor town and some of these position golf courses except at the hero he had the same ball speed as justin thomas he's bashing all you over the lot with oh I, I i mean that is that is a shocking it's a little misleading i love the stat too but but let's let's look at this objectively here he's coming out of his shoes Justin Thomas said, as he was leaving on Sunday, I didn't exactly treat this like a major. He hadn't touched the club for two weeks. He, look, he's coming off a very long, very, very successful season. I think a lot of players in that field sort of went in there just to hit it and giggle. All speed measures Tiger, the contact point. Tiger treated that like a major. He prepared like a major. He focused like a major. Good for him. It's perfectly understandable. I do want to see how he holds up, wherever that might be. Torrey Pines, it's, it's not going to be the career builder. It's not going to be those events that we just talked about. He's going to stick to his schedule. Whether if we think it's a good idea or not doesn't particularly matter. But I want to see how he holds up against a full field 
on a golf course. It's got narrow fairways and thick rough. The only reason I bring up the ball speed is because that is the contact that he's making with ball and club head. And to do it 180 miles an hour, which would rank on the top 20 on tour last season, that really impressed me. fairways that were the size of some That has nothing to do with ball speed. Well, it has everything to do with 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 how hard you can go after it. Yeah, it's easy when you have fairways at Albany. And again, I don't want to take anything away from Tiger here. It was a great week. I'm just trying to put some context into this, saying that, yes, very, very good start. It's a great way to prepare for next year. But when he shows up at Torrey Pines or even Riviera, which seems obvious he will play, it's going to be a different swing. Yeah, and I want to see, because we saw it last year, everyone was optimistic after the hero. Mm-hmm. And then I covered Torrey Pines, and it looked like a completely different golfer seven weeks later. I mean, he, was, he looked brittle, he looked old, he looked like he was in pain, and he could say the, the same things that, you know, I had great training sessions over the, the brief off-season, uh, my game feels good, body feels great, and it just wasn't the case. So I'm curious to see if he does show up at Torrey Pines, what he looks like, if he's learned lessons from perhaps uh, last year, even though he wasn't probably forthright about uh, his position. But just to get back to this ball speed, I want to see back-to-back events on the back end of that is he showing any wear and tear after two events? Because I think that's the next step. Can, you can yeah. do it for four days. Can you do it back-to-back weeks jetting across the country? No. Or, or across the world for all we know. Let's hope he doesn't hope make not. that mistake just, again. But. Let's go baby steps here. Uh, so we're taping this a couple weeks after the Hero World Challenge. No commitments yet from Tiger one way or another. I think, gentlemen, you'd agree the conventional wisdom from what we would discern from the tea leaves here would go Tory Riviera, and then maybe PJ National. You've got Tory as a course that he has a great... Affinity for, please don't Maybe it play was Tiger a Tory. One point we'll there. And then you've got you've got his foundation is the charitable arm there. at Riviera, and then a de facto home game or as close to a home game as you're going to get down at PGA National. But uh, Lav, why are you selling on him playing Tory Pines? Look, I understand the history there, all the wins, ten years since the the, the the Tory U.S. Open. I get I get it. Look. He loves being back at that golf course. However, it is no longer the best fit for his game. He hasn't played well there over the past, what is it, now in 2018, it's going to be four years. Uh, The rough is going to be juicy. It's probably going to be cold. It ranks as one of the most difficult golf courses on the PGA Tour every year. He he needs to have a soft opening. I'd love to see him play Wiley. I'd love to see him play uh, Career Builder just to get some quote-unquote reps on easier golf courses in dome-like conditions, which you're not going to have at Torrey Pines. I, I want a pony. I mean, it, we want to see a lot of things. It, it, it's not going to happen, and for a lot of different reasons. Now, that's not to say he, he he's going to have to add something to his schedule that he doesn't traditionally play, whether if that's Wyndham or Riviera. Greenbrier. Uh, Riviera will be a new one for obvious reasons. It's a foundation event at that point. But you're using kind of two sets of facts here, though. So I, I do want to call you on that. You're talking about his ball speed, which you want to camp on, and then you want to talk about how long Toy Pines is. Which is it? Is he hitting the ball how a long? long I'm saying how it, difficult the golf course is. Oh, absolutely. Length is not length is not going to be an issue for Tiger. It's if he hits it offline with his 180 mile an hour ball which was speed. The point we both just made about Albany, and, and your point was it's still it's the still same swing. So you're now. using two separate sets of facts. So so let's dovetail in here and figure out what you, you're trying to say. Bring it home for us. I, didn't, I didn't mention anything about his driving accuracy. I mentioned his ball speed, which measures wh- what kind of contact are you making. And our point ball. was he won't have that ball speed when he's staring down a fairway that's a third of the size of what he had at Albany. You don't know that for sure. That's our that's I think our it's a theory. safe assumption. That's our theory. And, that's the and you're kind of assuming it as well now after you just camped on the ball speed. I think that's he's going to try and hit it hard at Torrey Pines, and he's going to find the rough, and then he's going to get in trouble. 
And the rough he, is a dangerous pull. He, he mentioned at the Hero that golf course does not have any rough. Right. How is his back going to react when he has to gouge it out of the thick, wet, so juicy stuff? How many golf courses on the PGA Tour schedule are sans rough? You can do that at Augusta. And you can do that if you want to go play in the... He's not playing Houston, the, which would be a good, Houston, show a good one. Of, of the Pro-Am at, under the dome in, in the Career Builder, which I don't think... Phoenix. He's not playing Pebble. I mean, we can go down the right. list. I'd I mean, love to see him play Phoenix, uh, but, but the majority of the courses, if he doesn't, if he doesn't want to tackle Torrey now, he's going to have to play. Riviera has plenty of juicy rough and even tighter fairways than Torrey. He's, I'm saying Torrey's difficulty is an unnecessary risk that he needs to take. Not just risk for re-injuring, but just, it's just unnecessary to play that type of golf course. No, and I would agree with you, but he's not changing his schedule. Again, we, we all want ponies, and, and I just don't see that. He's not going to dramatically like we change. We know which, on, which is on your Christmas list. <laughs> and it's, it, it's a pony, and I never get it year in and year out. I never get the pony. And I'll go back to your tweet, which is a very good tweet from a few weeks ago when he finished up at Hero. He took one of his greatest liabilities, his driving, and has suddenly turned it into a strength. And we can sit here and debate his driving all we want. The short game is an issue. Yep. I mean, it, it wasn't easy chipping conditions at Albany. But then we've been down this road before. He also hit some good chips, but he hit just enough bad chips to make what you is, believe that there's still some demons. No, the in that. short game is not how many good chips you can have, you can hit. It's how it's, many clunkers do you hit. That's yes. the problem. I mean, and he said it himself going back a few years when he took that exile because of the chipping is issues that he had, whatever you want to call them, that on the range back home you've got to hit 10 out of 10 of those perfect because that's essentially what he needs to do on the PGA Tour. And he definitely did not do that in Albany. And look, it's nothing he can't work his way out. And to take the positive road, I completely agree with what I heard from multiple tour players. If he plays 20 events a year for the next three years, he'll figure it out. He'll get competitively He's sharp. He's an athlete. He'll win again. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say he won't win again. Will he win a major against this current crop of players? That one's a whole different other question. It is kind of amazing still to think about just having this discussion given where we were, what, two and a half months ago sitting in the – Media Center at Liberty National and, and listening to him talk about just entertain the notion that he was never going to play competitively again. And yeah. then, you know, we, he dialed it up very quickly to his credit, one, one Twitter video at a time. And now here we stand. He's, he's exceeded expectations at the hero, soft landing spot or otherwise. But, uh, I mean, Lav, you got to think that there's reason to be cautiously optimistic, maybe emphasis on cautious, just given how quickly things fell apart around this time last year. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, the tone of this discussion is, is wildly different than it, than it would have been two and a half months ago. If you, if you had asked me in September, is Tiger Woods ever going to win a golf tournament again, I would say absolutely not, and I think he would be retired in the next year. Now, I think he's going to win a tournament. I'm, I'm still skeptical on the major, but we'll have to see how 2018 goes before we can um, really forecast that. But, but yeah, there is some – it is – Cautious optimism because we've been down this road before. He's saying the same things he's always said. This time, the only reason I think it is different is the type of surgery that he did have. It's a last resort surgery. The surgery takes away the pain. It decreases your range of motion, but it takes away the pain. And if Tiger can play pain-free golf, and if he, you know, I think the rehab's a whole other aspect that we can get into. If he's playing golf with a clear mind, uh, and a clear conscience of, clear of, what, of what he's doing going forward, I think he's really in a position to succeed. No, I would agree with that. And again, as long as he stays healthy, and that's always the big if, mm -hmm. and I'm going to look at this from a purely selfish point of view, it would be great to have Tiger back. It would be great to have Tiger back when you can consider that this is one of those few times in sporting history where you can actually go, well, yeah, we can see 
how Jordan or Dustin or Justin Thomas or any of these players stack up against Tiger. If he gets somewhere close to his prime, I don't think he's getting to his prime. 05, 2000, whatever number you want to pick was his prime. Oh, those, yeah, those days are gone. Those Even days are 13, gone. 13, I think, is out the window. But if he gets somewhere close to 13, yeah. that's a great number. He won five times, player of the year that, that year. I, I think it's so compelling to sit and think, and I think the players are compelled by it, that, yeah, here's an opportunity for this, maybe turn back the clock a little bit and actually see how these guys stack up against Tiger. Yeah, one of the, I was thinking one of the random stats in golf, and I'm not going to trudge on Jay Ray's uh, turf too much, but the fact that Jack Nicklaus beat Tiger at the 98 Masters, when Tiger's defending champ and Jack finished like T6 or something, <laughs> that you had very, there's no, no real intersection points like that of great players or bridging eras and things like that. And to your point, Rex, I think, yeah, the notion well, the U.S. Of, Open at Cherry Hill and Arnold yeah. and Jack. Yeah, yeah, so there, you, there you are a handful, back. but there, we haven't had extended periods of where we can see Spieth and Justin Thomas and, and DJ and all these guys that we've spent the last four or five years celebrating. They have never sat in a final group next to the red and black and, and seen how their game shape up. And they want to play Tiger. Yeah. They want Tiger to come back so that they can say that they played against Tiger and they beat him down the stretch in a tournament. And Tiger wants to do it so he can measure himself against today's players, yeah. but also, you know, hey, hey guys, I, I'm, still, I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. I think that is the storyline in, in 2018 that everyone wants to see. Can Tiger summon enough good form to go against the younger generation that has clearly taken over the PGA Tour. Well, and you look at this, it went both ways. I mean, you know, we made a big deal about those guys playing in South Florida for funsies, and you're talking about Ricky and Tiger playing practice rounds and Justin and the rest of them, and how much motivation Tiger did take from it. I mean, he really got to a point in his life where other people started to matter, where it was important to spend time around some of his contemporaries away from tournament golf. But Ricky went the other way after winning the Hero. Talked about how much motivation he got playing with Tiger that I have to work hard. Like, this guy's playing well. I'm going to have to continue to work hard. So, yeah, the landslide goes both ways. This is all predicated on can we get a healthy Tiger for four, six, 12 months at a time. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I, I think one of the, the fascinating subplots and storylines in all this is the notion of an underdog Tiger Woods. That So rarely in sports do you get a great player who then – is on the other side of his prime and now is coming back, I think, back to Jimmy Connors at, that, at a U.S. Open, I think, 90 or 91. But you get these, these random times in, in other sports, but it's tough to find in golf where you have a player who's still kind of going to be perceived as an underdog coming up against some of the best players today. Did we have that with, with MJ when he went to Washington? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Michael with the Wizards. I think, I think Federer in recent years has had that. Yes. Everyone thought that he was washed up, Djokovic and Nadal. Yep. Um, Andy, yeah, Andy Murray yeah. kind of stepped to the forefront. And, but the, and Federer, Federer. the Federer and Nadal Aussie Open final this year was a great mm -hmm. example of that. They, and there's nothing better in sports than a reclamation project. And let's be honest, that's what Tiger is yeah. at this point. He is a 30 for 30 waiting to happen. Oh, absolutely. And if somehow, uh, I mean, he resurrects the ghost and everything falls in line at the Masters, which is where I think we would all agree it's going to happen. I mean, there's a reason why Langer is in contention year in and year out mm -hmm. into his 80s, it seems like. I mean, there's something about <laughs> sorry, that. Sorry, Bertie, you're only 60. There's, there's something about that golf course that institutional knowledge seems to be much more important than anywhere else. If he's somewhere able to, you know, to rekindle these flames, imagine what a great story that would be. Yeah, I think if, if we want to project majors that he could potentially contend in 2000, look, and, and it's a long time until we get to Augusta. A lot can happen between now and April. I think 
the Masters is probably a tournament where you would expect him to maybe not contend. I, I think you'd make expect him to make the cut. His short game issues could have a little bit of they could they could resurface there. I do think, and I think we're seeing that with Phil. I think the Open Championship is the tournament that Tiger can contend in for the longest period of time. Given the right conditions. Given his sure. given the conditions mm-hmm. and his skill set, his creativity, his institutional knowledge, whatever you whatever you want to call it. I think those are the two majors that he's best positioned to succeed. I can't see him winning another U.S. Hard Open. Hard and fast. I can't he, see him winning another 20 under under Bell Reeves. I cannot see him winning a PGA Championship, but I can see him winning either a Masters or an Open Championship. Hard yeah, and fast I, at Shinnecock might be interesting, which is what they would want. But, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of options out there. I still think there's so many variables with an Open versus the Rex, as you said, the institutional knowledge of Augusta combined with the limited field. You've got... 85 players with maybe only 40 that are walking in thinking they've got a realistic shot of winning that thing each and every year. I think that that's the, the, the one where, where he will have the best chance. But um, the, the precision requ- required around Augusta gives me a little bit of pause. You never know. Are we sitting around at this point next year talking about what, what's, which is it going to be, Tiger's great year or another lost year? Oh, I think there's an in-between there. I think that I think I think it's going to be a prom- I think it's going to be a promising year. Yeah, I think his success is going to be measured in starts and not results. Can he get? I would agree with that. Making it to East Lake is that a successful year? He doesn't. Even oh, that would be a shocking year. Make it make it to Plainfield is a successful year. Yes, the first playoff yeah. event. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I mean I think that I mean it's been since 2013. We're not playing. talking about his brilliant performance in Paris for the U.S. Ryder Cup team then. No, well, no, that could be interesting because if he is upright for eight months, I could. You think totally Jim Furyk's going to ignore Tiger Woods? It will not no take, one else has ever done much. it. Yeah, it will not take much to. to it, you're, you're probably right. Candidacy, especially probably, if if it's just like Phil this year. If Phil just shows any signs of life, yep. Especially I think the same could be true team. for Tiger. And Jim's going to have a hard time because he's probably going to have to end up burning picks on both of those two. Yeah. Yes. I mean, unless Phil finds something he hasn't had in the last year or two, he's going to have to burn a pick on both those guys. Which would be okay if, if you if you if you project the 2018. U.S. Right. Ryder Cup team is going to be full of 20-something right. guys. If it's going to be the same President's Cup team. Exactly. Yeah. If, you take a young, if you bump a Charlie Hoffman or a Kevin Kisner off. But if you, if you take a young, hungry, inexperienced team and the only veterans you're throwing in there are basically Tiger and Phil and you take them across the pond, that's an interesting combination. Yep. Get a golf bag with clubs in it and a golf cart. Think about it. Tiger going to have an earpiece while he's playing the 13th hole? Maybe. Good. Get the, got the shades, the wraparound shades. telling Jim exactly what the pairings are tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, but, I, I mean, I think that it's, Lav, as you said, that it's not going to take much. I think he needs to, I think a good goal is to play in all four majors. I think it's been since 2013 that he's played in all four, maybe in 15. Or just play a complete season. And he got, Whatever and he got hurt, Marion. Let's say Marian 15, 15 events. I mean, yeah, let, let's yeah, keep it realistic. 15 would be a great number. Events. I'm thinking if he's, he's not going to play the majors without playing a couple others in between to get to, you know, 12, 15. Yeah. If, you, if you want to even break it down, I think getting to the BMW Championship, See, would, I think that's would constitute, huge, would constitute a wildly successful year. Yes. I, th- I, don't I think it's probably unrealistic to get to Eastlake. But if you can get in the top 70, I mean, you have to have a couple top 10s to, to get there. I think, that'd be, I think that would constitute a successful year for Tiger. It's a really such a good curious year. point in time. I mean, I don't think any of us have ever been in the Tiger Woods doubting business, let's be right. honest, because we've all seen him do such special things on the golf course. And you have to temper the expectations that were created at the hero with just the reality of the situation, that he hasn't played a full season in many, many years. And that and it was ha- a holiday exhibition. And that the last time he contended was at 
the Wyndham in 2015, and he was beaten by a 51-year-old. I mean, you have to temper all these expectations with the reality on the ground, which is hard. I get it. Nothing. Crickets. All right. <laughs> I mean, I agree. No, I well, just, well said. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's it's been a strange and circuitous path over the last couple of years to get to this point, and I just I think that you have to be careful just because of so many similarities that we had with the hero last year versus this year. He's saying the same stuff. I get, Lab, what you're saying about the surgery was different, but the optimism and some of the lines in his pre-term press conferences are very same. Even his pattern of, of rounds, that Friday was the low round, that all of a sudden he's grabbing a share of the lead and everyone's getting excited and then things kind of start to settle back into the middle of the pack. I will want to see, I think that these next three months leading into the Masters are one of his most critical stretches in a long time. It, Can he pull it off of just staying upright making progress. I think some of the reasons for optimism are, and we don't need to turn this into a Golf Channel Academy podcast, is that Brandel Chambly, who I think is the Golf Channel swing guru, expert, whatever you want to call it, he expressed more optimism about Tiger's action this time than he did last year. If you recall last year, he said this is a guy who's flipping it underneath and it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause problems. Put it, let's, it's going to cause problems. In 2017, he is not saying that. He said this is a swing that can work. Yes, you still have to play shots. You still have to chip and putt. You still have to do. You still have to think your way around the golf course. But his swing, now I think, is producing more. I think optimism. most people agree the swing is better. And look, it has a lot to do with the fact that he doesn't have that hyperflexibility. In a weird way, that the restrictions that he has because of the fusion surgery has actually helped his swing out. And I think if he continues down that path, and I don't think he's going to be that Jim Furyk sort of bump, bump and run kind of guy. From what we saw at Albany, I mean, he still has that pop. He can still overpower golf courses. The trick will be in his mind. Yeah. Does he still have the mind? Does he still have the, you know, the intimidation factor that he had for all those years? I, I, I don't know the answer to that question at this point. Real quick, Phil said at the FedEx St. Jude, when he got in contention and he, he was in position to win, he said, I needed to relearn how to win, and it, it kind of threw me for a loop. I saw my name on top of the leaderboard, and it kind of shocked me. He said, I, I had forgotten how to win. It had been since 2013. Tiger's going to have to deal with those same kind of demons, relearning how to win, experiencing those old emotions again. I think it's, yeah, I think he's going to need a couple of bites at the apple. It's similar to what we saw with him trying to win again after the scandal when he came back from an extended period of time and just trying to get that first win of Chapter 2 of his, of his pro career. And I think that it's, it might take a, a top 10 and then to see him on the leaderboard and then get into the final group and then it's, from there. It's not a foregone conclusion. I mean, going into that final round, I was at the, uh, the Wyndham Championship in 2015. I felt like Melissa's Tiger on Sunday. His name's on the leaderboard. He's going to win. Look at the field that was assembled around him. You just thought this is going to happen. And no, it's not a foregone conclusion that he's going to do those special things again. But there is the possibility, which gives us all hope. So if we're going on a scale of, let's go 1 to 10, from lost year to smashing success, Lav, where do you think that this year is going to fall. Well, a very fall. firm five. No, smashing success is going to be BMW. Making it to the BMW. I think seven. I think he'll, I think he'll contend twice. I do not think it'll be in a major. Okay. I do think he'll play all four majors. I do not think he'll get re-injured. All good things. But I think he could contend once or twice. I think, will, but will see, not win. That, that recipe that you laid out puts him on the, on the roster in Paris for me. Yes, and probably for Jim Furyk as well. One or two top tens? Yeah. One or two top tens, play all four majors. What if those top tens come in January, February? It's not going to take much for me. Or Jim, let's be honest. I mean, it's not going to happen. I'll go with with seven. 
and the, I, and the reason I why. Just said seven. No, and I know I agree with that. It was a good number. And the reason why I, I think he will put himself into contention, but there's going to be some clunkers out there. Yeah. He's going to miss some cuts. He's going to finish t55, and that to me is is another question in my head. Is he the type of guy that's going to be happy with t55? I don't think he is. It'll be curious to see how much. He needs to show enough flashes of brilliance in his own game to continue to put the work and effort into it. I think Hero probably shocked him. Right. The I don't quality think anybody expected him to do better than he did, even himself. Yes. But I think that was part of the key, was that he finally is willing to temper his expectations, that mm-hmm. no longer is he, at least that one week, was he going in and saying, I'm going to win at all costs, that he was willing to dial it back and say, listen, the bar is set low, I need to figure some stuff out, and then we'll go from here. I agree. It's hard to see him being uh, content with a T55. But if I think if he shows himself enough flashes of brilliance, he'll still be motivated to put in the work and and still give this, give this, com- this quote-unquote comeback a, a real concerted effort. I'll go six. It'll be a little Debbie Downer. But I'm willing to bump it up and join you guys at seven. You've, you've, put, him, you've put him on the U.S. Ryder Cup team. You have, him, you have you, him earning the clinching point against Thomas Peters. Well, Thomas Peters might have a tougher time making the team than Tiger Woods if he stays home. Whoa! We'll put that on another, another podcast. But, uh, I'll be on the 2018 Predictions podcast. <laughs> Let's reload. Yeah. Uh, I just think I, I want to see what he's able to do in these next two, three, four starts coming out of the gates. It is a blank slate, and if he's able to stay upright and maybe put some starts Torrey together. Pines, difficult golf Torrey's course. Riviera, difficult golf course. PJ National, very yeah. penal golf course. That, Bay I, Hill. Bay Hill, difficult golf course. I, I totally could be agree. Could be a rough run-up to the Masters. Could be. And again, that, that's when motivation comes into this fact. He is not... He has no interest in being a ceremonial golfer, and he's picked these golf courses where he's had so much success historically but, yes, I agree with you. When it comes to the schedule, he needs to rethink it, and I just don't see him doing that, which is a shame. Go play Greenbrier. Go play Wyndham. Shake it up. There's a good Hilton head. I mean, there's a bunch we can say, but, again, we don't all get ponies. You could have I the, really you could, want a pony. I really hope you get a pony this year. Dion, if you're listening, <laughs> Rex really wants a, a pony for <laughs> Christmas. Into the stable. Uh, <laughs> all right, boys. Well, this has been a fun uh, look into the crystal ball to see what Tiger Woods is going to come up with. In 2018, I know we are going to be uh, very much – interested, let's say, in, in, in how things play out, and hopefully we'll be back doing this again, talking about Tiger's clinching point over Thomas Peters, who may or may not be in Paris. We'll see. Uh, for Rex Hoggard, for Ryan Lavner, I'm Will Gray. This has been a Tiger Woods edition of the Golf Channel Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.